Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams of the North Carolina Tar Heels live in 35 minutes on the season that was in college basketball, his never-ending love for golf, the future of his Tar Heels and other things. Michael Lee of The Athletic on the NBA playoffs. The field is finally set. Games don't begin until Saturday and Sunday, but a little NBA, some Magic Johnson plus the matchups on the court. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin tonight for your Carolina Hurricanes. They began last night for 10 other teams. But just as the intersection of college basketball season and the first of golf's four majors made us think of Roy Williams, hence his invitation to join us a little bit later in today's program, it of course made us think of John Feinstein. Many of his books are about college basketball and or golf. And since he was willing to hold over with us as he joins us from Augusta National, round one is underway. I think we exhausted our golf questions, maybe not entirely, but we ha- we could not let John go without talking some college basketball as well. Uh, I have loved how you have chronicled not only in the the Legends Club with V and K and Dean Smith, uh, but, you know, you covered the Gary Williams, would he ever get his national title story? Uh, a lefty Drizelle who never joined that particular club. I saw you write about Tony Bennett in the Washington Post recently. As you contemplate that story, and, you know, he's only 49 years old, were you, su- right. were you surprised given so many haters and naysayers and skeptics, they don't like his style, then it was he'll never be able to recruit to that style, then it was, well, he's winning some first-place finishes in the ACC, but he'll never win in March with that style. And here he is. I mean, he, great consistency over the last six years, but some didn't think he'd get to the top of the mountain. What was your takeaway from that story in ACC country? Well, I, I was delighted for Tony Bennett because I like him a lot. I mean, to know Tony, Tony Bennett is to like him. Amen. It's a class act. And uh, I remember last year, I mean, you mentioned my Twitter feed, um, after UMBC beat Virginia. And, look, that was stunning. Uh, it was completely, You watched that game. I mean, yep. it's like, what in the world is going on right. here? And, and I do UMBC games on television. I'm close with Ryan Odom. And, and I was thrilled for I, – I sent Ryan a text the next morning, and I said – I had this crazy dream last night that you beat Virginia by 20. And he texted me back and he said, I had the same dream because it didn't feel real that that something like that could actually happen. And I I remember a lot of people tweeting just what you said. Oh, Tony Bennett's style will never get to the Final Four. It's good good for regular season games. And I tweeted back at people and said, that's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. The guy is a great coach. He's built a great program. Getting to the Final Four – it often doesn't happen right away for, for, for coaches. Um, and, and Tony Bennett will do it. I didn't say he'd do it this year, but I think he's going to do it. He's a great coach. And so I was just, you know, thrilled to see them do what they did. I, I mean, I, watching that Gardner-Webb game, the first round of the tournament, I was going, oh, my God, it's going to happen right. again. And Tony said he was thinking the same thing. He, he, he told me last weekend, he said that during that first half when they were down 14, he, he said, we can't go through this again. We just can't. And they did. They turned it around and won the game and, and then went from there. And uh, I had a moment with him after the championship game on Monday night. Um, and I said, I, you know, I told him how happy I was for him. And he looked at me and he said, it's a great story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is yeah. a great story. Um, Season of Redemption would be the title of the book, I think. Um, and I also mentioned to him that I'd written in my column that night that if you took the whole story, starting with the UMBC game and then through the miracle against Purdue and the miracle against Auburn and the almost miracle because it wasn't quite as 
down to the last second uh, as, as as those those two games were uh, against Texas Tech. If you took that whole story and pitched it to Disney, they'd laugh you out of the office. Yeah. Oh, come on, it's got to be a little bit realistic here. <laughs> so uh, I was just really, you know, I, I love Tom Izzo. I would have been thrilled to see that, him win another national championship. He's one of the class acts in college basketball, but I, I could not have been happier. And it's funny because you know me, David, I don't like to fly. So I was driving from Minneapolis on Tuesday back to my home in Washington, D.C., and whenever I pulled off, I ran into people wearing Virginia huh. gear. And I just, congratulations. And they just had these huge smiles no on their doubt. face. Oh, thank you. And it's just nice to see people happy that way. It really is. And it's nice to see good things to happen to good people. Tony has become exactly. a really good friend of our show. And he joined us just yesterday. I mean, he squeezed us into his carousel yeah. of uh, tornado-style interviews and spent like 20-some minutes with us and was just fan- oh, fantastic, as you know. I actually yeah. joked with him yesterday about the Disney nature of the script. And because I've gotten to know him well, I joked that I could write the book for him and with him. Of course, I think that Feinstein guy might be better qualified. Imagine the contrast. John working with Bob Knight back on a season with the Brink. The co- contrast that with Feinstein with Tony Bennett on uh, what was your title there? Story of Redemption, Disney style? Yeah, season of Redemption. Season of Redemption. Season of Redemption. All right, last yeah, thing. You, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just going to say that um, it, Tony and Bob are basically the same person. You know, they're, they're, they're identical personalities. <laughs> La- last thing for you. Uh, there has never been a 75-year-old Division One men's basketball coach. And, and of course, Bayheim is going to be that, assuming he returns at Syracuse. That Coach right. K guy is now 72. He's on the short list of the oldest guys. Uh, you have covered him, I mean, from the beginning, truly. They did win an ACC title the Zion one and done way. But as you joined us, you know, and talked about, it is different. Unlike 2012, Kentucky, unlike 2015 Duke, it is different when you're leaning that hard on the three one and done freshmen with Trey Jones, deciding to stay at Duke. What, What is your big picture overview on that program that you know so, so well. It's not like Kay's going to stop recruiting potential one-and-dones. We don't know how many seasons he has left, uh, but it was a successful year in many ways. They just lost barely in the Elite Eight to another Hall of Fame coach, uh, you know, by a point, right? It, it's not like it was, as Coach K said, it was a disappointing ending, but that doesn't mean it was a disappointing season overall. You're right. Everything you say is right, but I don't think Mike Krzyzewski's coaching at this point in his life to get to the Elite Eight. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's coaching at this point in his life to win ACC championships, although he's always happy to win one, and especially the way they beat Carolina in the semis. I know he was thrilled with that game, especially after losing the first two when Zion Williamson couldn't play or played one minute in the first game. Um, I, I think he he desperately wants another title. You know, the funny thing is, David, he doesn't need it. I mean, his place on Mount Rushmore is is yes. is, is short. Uh, it, it's it's uh, Wooden, it's Shashevsky, it's Knight, and it's Dean. To me, those are the four. Um, and I think that uh, he's coaching in part because he's afraid to stop. Uh, that that he'd be bored. He doesn't play golf. Um, you can only do so much with your grandchildren, even when you have thirty-seven of them, like <laughs> he does. Um, and I, I I know he doesn't enjoy this one and done the way he enjoyed coaching, yeah. you know, Grant Hill and Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner and, you know, all the great players he's had through the years. Uh, it's not the same. And he keeps 
saying almost like a mantra, I love these kids, these are great kids. And I'm not saying they're not, but his relationship with them cannot be the same and won't be the same as it was with the four-year kids he coached. Uh, and I, I just don't know, David. I, you know, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, like you said. You can't turn around and say, I'm just going to recruit four-year players yeah. from now on and, and coach them up and, and hope that, you know, like with the Roy Williams teams of, of uh, 2016 and 2017, that, you know, they'll mature and as juniors and seniors be good enough to go to the Final Four. Uh, so he's going to be coaching one and done. He's got several more coming in next year. Uh, he's recruiting that kid from Oregon, I guess, who's, who will probably be a one and done. I don't keep track of this the way my yeah. brother does. Yeah. He keeps me up to date on this stuff. Um, mm. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I will say this, that when he had his last knee replacement surgery two summers ago, and I asked him about it, and he said, well, you know, I did it because I want to coach five more years, and I want to be healthy. And I said, well, you ought to be able to coach 50 more years because you're bionic at this point. <laughs> yeah. the hips. Yeah. But he, I don't know if you, if you saw this, David, but when I sat in his press conference, after the Michigan State game, he looked as he looked old to me mm. for maybe the first time ever. He he looked defeated, and look, it was a tough loss, especially when you're that close to a Final Four. But I, you know, do I expect him to quit now? No, but if a year from now uh, they don't go back to the Final Four, or if they win a national championship, I could see him walking away. I mean, he'd be 73 by then. Yeah, that's not exactly retiring young. Dean Smith was 66. Funny, Roy Williams is joining us on today's show as we thank you for your time and send you off to car. I don't even know what your focus might be, or maybe you can't share that. Uh, it won't your... be Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, you, you might have either seen or read about, you know, Tony Bennett squeezing in the Jim Nance Augusta National Tea Time request right there on the podium as he's accepting the national championship trophy. Uh, who else is on the short list of the bas college basketball coaches that you've gotten to know? who love golf as much as Roy Williams does. Because, man, when we invited Roy to join us on today's show and I mentioned, yeah, Coach, we'll just talk a little college hoops and we'll talk some golf. He's like, count me in, man. He, when, he was, when he was going through his surgeries, I think it killed him to be away from golf more than it killed him to be away from anything else. Yeah, it might have. I mean, Roy does love golf. and Ask him how many golf clubs he belongs to. All right. I mean, it's it's interesting because Dean always prided himself on the fact that he only belonged to one one golf club, the the, the uh, Finley Golf Club, okay, uh, in Chapel Hill. Uh, Roy's just the opposite. Roy wants to belong. Roy has long ago violated the fourteen club rule. Uh, <laughs> put it that way. But uh, other other uh, coaches who love love golf, uh, Jim Calhoun loves to play golf. Uh, uh, Jim Beheim, and now he's had some physical issues yeah. that have made it harder for him to play, but he loves to play golf. Uh, who else am I thinking about? I'm thinking of guys who played in the charity tournament that Tom Watson and I put on uh, to raise money for ALS every year. Guys who, oh, Fran Dunphy, very good. Yeah, guy. another recent guest on our Denver. show. Good guy. Yeah, and one of the, one of the best guys ever. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Fran Dunphy. Phil Martelli, not as good a player, but loves to play. Just thinking if Jay Wright likes to play, all those Philly guys. Um, I'm leaving. Rick Barnes. Oh yeah, likes to play golf. Well, uh, anybody who's going from the Final Four to the Masters the way you are or just did, nobody can answer this question better than you can. It's a it's a heck yeah, of well, it's a heck of a crossover. Well, it, it, it it it's it's a you know hockey players like golf more than true, anybody. But, true, but uh, a lot of a lot of uh, college basketball coaches love to play, and and 
they 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 very much that's Shishovsky's problem is that he's never become a golfer. Um, and and so what's he going to do if he stops coaching? Right. The guys who who love to play golf when they stop coaching they go they go play golf. I can't keep you away from Tiger Woods any longer. I'm going to have to slap yeah. your name on my show if I keep you any longer. Thank you so yeah, much for the time. for me on the 12th tee. <laughs> you know we love talking with you and picking your brain about these topics especially. So uh, congratulations on your continued success. And as always, thank you for the time on the David Glenn Show. My pleasure, David. Talk to you soon. You got it. On Twitter, he is at Jay Feinstein Books. Online, the newest book, The Prodigy, a novel jfeinsteinbooks.com. He is the most prolific sports author in American history. I believe the number is 36 books and counting.